If you allow yourself to dream, vividly imagine it in your mind. Speak it out in faith. Then according to God's word, whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believing you shall receive. This is a super important key. If you can master this one, all things will be possible. Welcome to All Things Are Possible podcast with your host, S.T. Smith, where you'll get the uncompromised word of God in bite-sized nuggets. So grab your Bible and get ready for some good news. Now here's your host, S.T. Smith. Hello, this is your host, S.T. Smith. In the last episode, we discussed the first key the Lord showed me for overcoming obstacles in life and, and getting clarity of purpose, okay? We talked about how important it is to get a dream that seems outside the realm of possibility right now. Remember, our God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask or think, but it's according to the power that works in us. No power, no God doing exceedingly abundantly, okay? Now, the second key God engraved into my spirit is to use our mind in the power of imagination. This is so important that I won't be able to emphasize this one enough. He showed me how to use the power of our imagination to create. After all, he's a creator, and we are created in his image to be creators. You can review episode one in this podcast where we talked about that. Einstein said, imagination is more powerful than knowledge and is your preview of life's coming attractions. Colin Wilson said, imagination should be used not to escape reality, but to create reality. And Maxwell Maltz, in his book, Psycho-Cybernetics, emphasizes that individuals can reshape their self-image to achieve greater success and happiness. He says imagination and visualization will lead to growth, a growth mindset. By changing the way we see ourselves, we can overcome obstacles, boost our confidence, and achieve our desired goals. Look, psychocybernetics literally means mental steering. He said the mind is a, like a goal-striving mechanism. It needs to have a clear-cut goal in order for it to perform at its peak. We use our imagination to steer our lives to where we want to go. He said, when you use your imagination to set goals, the goals become like heat-seeking missiles. They'll help correct your life's course to take you to your target. He said, the thoughts and goals we set in our mind become a magnet that will attract what it sees. Let's talk about the importance of goals for a moment. Look, everyone hopes the future will get better, but it takes more than hope. It takes a plan, and plans require goals. If you had a racehorse worth a million dollars, would you let it stay up half the night, drink coffee and booze, smoke cigarettes and eat junk food? <laughs> of course not. Well, you're worth more than a million dollars. So it's important to have physical goals as well as spiritual, family, and financial goals. Look, Yale University conducted a study of its 1953 graduating class. And from 1953 to 1973, they found out that the 3% of the graduating class had clear-cut goals that were written down. At the end of the 20-year study, they discovered that 3% had accumulated more in wealth and lifestyle than the 97% combined that had no written goals. Sounds pretty powerful. Reader's Digest had an article one time called The Secrets of Superachievers. The number one thing they discovered was that superachievers envision a mission. They, they said superachievers don't just see 
the next game. They see all the way to the championship. They have long-term goals that inspire commitment and action. We all know the author and speaker Zig Ziglar, right? He emphasized the importance of goal setting in achieving success. He outlined a framework called the seven steps of goal setting to help individuals effectively set and achieve their goals. Here are Zig's seven steps to goal setting. Number one, identify your goal clearly to define what you want and achieve. Be specific about the outcome you desire. The more precise your goal, the easier it will be to work towards. Number two, list the benefits. In other words, determine the benefits and rewards of achieving your goal. This step helps you understand why the goal is important and, and to you anyway, and, and, and what positive changes it will bring to your life. Number three, set a deadline. Establish a realistic and achievable deadline for reaching your goal. A deadline creates a, a sense of urgency and helps you stay focused and motivated. Number four, identify the obstacles that you need to overcome in order to achieve your goal. By recognizing these obstacles, you can plan how to overcome them and stay on track. Number five, list the skills and knowledge required. Determine the skills, knowledge, and resources you need to acquire in order to achieve your goals. This step helps you identify areas where you might need to improve or gain expertise. Develop a plan of action. Create a step-by-step -step plan that outlines the, the actions you need to reach your goal. Break down the process into manageable tasks and set milestones to track your progress. That was number six. And number seven, visualize and believe. Visualize yourself achieving your goal. You see, Zig emphasizes the importance of our imagination. Imagine the feeling of success and, and, and use positive affirmations to reinforce your, your belief in your ability to achieve it. A strong belief in your goals, attainability, will boost your motivation and determination. Now, remember Zig Ziglar's goal-setting approach is set around clarity of planning and positive mindset. By following these steps, you can increase your chances of not only meaningful setting the meaningful goals, but also achieving them with determination and enthusiasm, okay? William James, the famous Harvard professor, said, the greatest discovery of my generation is that a man can alter his life by altering his attitude of mind. Wow, how? We do this through our imagination. Look, our minds are like a fertile field. It'll produce whatever is planted in there, and it doesn't care what you plant. It'll produce whatever you plant, positive or negative. What happens in the real world when you plant corn? You get corn. You plant wheat, you get wheat. You plant poison ivy, you get a rash. The point is, the mind is very fertile and like the film of a camera. It's designed to produce whatever it is continuously exposed to. That's the way God designed it. Look, there's a law in psychology that if you form a picture in your mind of what you would like to be, and you keep and hold that picture there long enough, you'll become exactly as you've been thinking. Okay? Kind of reminds us of Proverbs 23 and 7, right? As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Look, the greatest catalyst to our imagination that will cause us to be more successful is competent expectation. Always expect something good. I remember watching Oral Roberts on TV in the early 70s. I can still remember the song, Something good is going to happen to you. 
happen to you this very day. Something good is going to happen to you. Jesus of Nazareth is passing your way. Well, it was a little better than that, but the beauty of expectations is we can manufacture our own. Earl Nightingale always said six words that'll change your life. We become what we think about. Again, just like it says in Proverbs 23, 7, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Emmett Foe wrote about what he called the mental equivalent. He said the great requirement of life is for us to create within ourselves the mental equivalent of what we wish to enjoy on the outside. This is our responsibility, and it starts with our imagination. Then God and his word and the nature will take care of everything else by law. He said the greater the vividness that we can see it on the inside, the faster it comes into our reality on the outside. Shakespeare said, assume the virtue and you'll have it. And we're assuming these virtues via our imagination. But a focused imagination is required over daydreaming. Think about the use of, uh, say, a magnifying glass. When you properly focus it, it'll gather the light from the sun and concentrate it so that the heat will burn a hole in the object on which the rays are focused. It must be held steady before the heat object is developed. And so it is with the holding of the image uh, or the mental picture in our minds. Now, leave a comment below if this next part resonates with you and if you're a vegetable grower, okay? <laughs> Think of this concept this way, like planting seeds in the garden. Once the soil is prepared and the tiny seeds are planted in it, it only takes a short time before they begin to root and sprouts begin to appear, right? Then they start upward through the soil in search of light, sunshine, and moisture. Obstacles mean nothing to them. They'll push push aside small stones or, or bits of wood. And if they can't do that, they'll extend themselves around them and grow. So it can be with you and the suggestions you give your subconscious mind. Now look, when I say subconscious mind, I'm referring to the bedrock of our imagination, the way God created it. The results will be pure or complex depending on the original seed and the attention and focus you give it. In other words, plant the right kind of seed and habitually feed it with strong, affirmative thought, always directed toward the same end. It will grow into a mighty force, finding ways and means of overcoming all obstacles. Marcus Aurelius, the great Roman emperor, said, A man's life is what his thoughts make of it. Remember Jack Canfield and his story in Chicken Soup for the Soul? He imagined himself receiving his desired end result. Jack said there are five things that affect our futures. Environment, events, knowledge, results, and our view of the future. And Jack said, always make sure your dreams, your view of the future has the strongest pull on you. Robert Collier said, imagination is the key that unlocks the door to possibility. Tony Robbins said, one person with imagination and belief is more powerful than 99 with just interest. Do you think there's something to this? <laughs> you better believe it. This is one of the most powerful things the Lord gave me clarity on. Anything you hold firmly in your imagination can be yours, and all things can be possible. Ziegler said, You are what you are. You are where you are because of what has gone into your mind. You can change what you are and you can change where you are by changing what goes into your mind. Well, how
how do you change what goes into your mind? Well, you think different thoughts and you use your imagination. Look, imagination plays a crucial role in shaping our reality, no doubt about it. It'll help us overcome the curveballs that life throws at us, as well as manifesting our desires. One of the main things is the concept of conscious imagining or creative visualization. So look, here are some points about imagination. One, imagination creates reality. Your imagination is a creative force that can shape your external world, what you vivid, vividly imagine and feel as real in your mind has the potential to manifest your physical reality. Two, live in the end. Use your imagination to live in the end result of your desires. Instead of focusing on the current circumstances you're in, focus on the desired outcome as if it were already happened. Consistently imaging the, the end result, you, you align yourself with the energy of your desires. You'll notice that Jesus always spoke the desired end result. Number three, feeling is paramount. It's important to attach strong emotions to your, imagine, your imaginative scenes if you can. Feeling is one of the secrets to successful manifestation. When you evoke the emotions and sensations associated with your desired outcome, you intensify the creative power of your imagination. It's just the way it works. Number four, your state is akin to sleep. In other words, you can use a technique called the state akin to sleep. This involves entering a relaxed state similar to falling asleep and you see a movie screen in your mind that plays an imaginative scene that implies the fulfillment of your desires. This technique can help direct, directly influence the subconscious, which is a powerful manifestation tool. Number five, persist and believe. Persistence and unwavering belief in the power of your imagination are key principles, believe me. It's important to continue to imagine your desired outcome with faith even when external circumstances might suggest otherwise. Remember, whatsoever you desire when you pray, believe and imagine that you've got them and you shall have them. Number six, detach from the how. Focus on what or the desired outcome rather than the how or the specific way it'll come about. God and other unseen heavenly forces will work out the details. It's our job to free ourselves from limitations and open ourselves up to unexpected opportunities. For you Matrix fans, there is no spoon. <laughs> In other words, imagination revolves around the idea that our inner world shapes our outer world. By harnessing the creative power of our imagination and engaging our, our minds, we have the ability to influence and, and, and transform our reality. Wow! It sounds kind of new agey, ST. Well, here's what God says about it. In Genesis chapter 11, the people all spoke one language. They said, let us make a city for ourselves and build a tower that reaches to the heavens. It says the Lord came down to see what mankind was doing. And he said, look, the people are, are one and have one language. And this is what they've begun. Now, nothing will be impossible for them that they have imagined to do. Wow. Think about that. Nothing will be impossible. This is what Oral Roberts was referring to when he spoke on seed faith. Faith is a seed you plant into the bedrock of your imagination. Hear me on this. Don't let religious Christians talk you out of using your creative imagination that God gave you. It's not mind science. It's God science. Look, Mark chapter 4, the sower sows the word into the ground, which is the heart of man. The heart of man's innermost being is the fertile ground of imagination. 
Man's creative force comes from his spirit. Jesus said, out of the belly will flow rivers of living water. That's the spirit of man. Wayne Dyer said, in the realm of imagination, limitations dissolve and the extraordinary becomes attainable. The Lord told me that when I was in a coma, my imagination was free and was learning about powerful truths because it was unhindered from my five senses. My spirit man reigned while my carnal man laid silent. In Mark 9, 23, Jesus said, all things are possible to him that believes. I know you know that verse is special to me because that's the name of my podcast. I looked that word up all in the Greek and you know what it means? all. Remember in Genesis 11, he said that all things are possible to him that can imagine. Jesus also said in Mark 11, 24, that whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Have you ever wondered what it means to believe? I have. Look, if all things are possible to him that believes, I want to know how to believe. Have you ever noticed right in the middle of the word believe is the word lie spelled out in proper order? You have to be careful. Many things that we've been taught to believe are not true and can be proven so. For example, everyone knows that wolves are dangerous. Everyone knows that coffee keeps you awake. Everyone knows Paul Revere made a famous ride. You know that none of those things are true and can be proven so? There has not been one single verifiable case of a wolf ever attacking and harming a human being, ever, except in Little Red Riding Hood and the Three Little Pigs. And that's where we get it. Coffee keeps you awake. In 1937, the post office analyzed coffee and found a stimulant called caffeine. So they invented a little cartoon called... Mr. Jangle Nerves, who, who would stand on your shoulder and poke you in the neck whenever you drank coffee. Did you know there's not enough caffeine stimulant in a normal cup of Minnesota coffee, which is where I grew up, which is so thick they sell it by the yard, by the way, to affect the person's system, but for a few minutes? But Aunt Myrtle says, I don't care what you say. Coffee keeps me awake. No, no, Myrtle. It's the lie you've been told all these years. The mind is more powerful than anything out there. Paul Revere hung up the two lanterns, rode 18 miles to the nearest bar, got dog drunk and thrown in jail. That is historical fact, and you can go to the archives of Boston and they'll show you that. A man by the name of Israel Bissell rode four horses to death through the countryside, alerting the colonial militia about the British troops. But see, no one ever heard of the midnight ride of Israel Bissell, jumped on his horse and off like a whistle. I mean, that might have worked, right? Okay, so what is belief? How do we believe? Well, remember Jesus said in Mark eleven twenty four that whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Remember that? Let me answer by rephrasing it this way. What things soever you desire when you pray, imagine you've got them and you shall have them. Hebrews 11, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. You can't hope for something you don't imagine first. Remember, faith is the seed that we plant. Faith is the, the substance of things imagined. I'll be honest with you. Imagination is something I work on every day. And I want to challenge you to let your imagination run wild. 
take the limits off. When you do, you'll ignite the sparks of transformation. You'll unlock the door to miracles. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe and come back for the next episode where S.D. Smith teaches how all things are possible through God's Word.